Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome in Purple Daily, actually Purple Access, because it's Thursday, and even though uh, there is nothing going on at TCO Performance Center with the Vikings right now, that does not mean that we will sit idle on Purple Daily or Purple Access. It's Judd, it's Declan, it is Tyler Fornis, my friend, and also my boss at VikingsWire.com, where you can find the most comprehensive, Declan, do not laugh, it is the most comprehensive place to find Vikings coverage and Tyler is updating that thing constantly. Again, much like with Score North, there is no dead time as far as Score North is concerned and mm-hmm. as far as Vikings Wire is concerned. In fact, Tyler, tell us right now, if people go to vikingswire.com, what can they find on what is a beautiful July day? You can find a variety of different things. Uh, a couple things that I've released today. We are doing player profiles on everybody on the 90-man roster. Today, Greg Joseph released this morning, and then Johnny Munt is coming later today. And something that we did was, as a staff, we ranked everybody from 1 to 90. So we're going in reverse order. So Greg Joseph ranked as uh, 42, and Johnny Munt ranked as 41. 42. Uh, You know what, Declan? I I just want to point out, because as I was looking at this, I had Greg Joseph ranked a lot lower than 42. I I had him ranked as number 53. Uh, I just, I, I don't think he's that good of a kicker. And uh, we're just going to have to disagree, but you have that you have, um, we're look, taking a look at everybody who's worn every single Jersey number with how many days it's leading up to training camp. Sorry, the start of the regular season. Right. And then I also have a piece that I just dropped um, one player from each position group that could be on the chopping block as far as uh, veterans on the team. And interesting. Some of those position battles would be very fun to watch because mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of youth on this team, and how they choose to utilize and keep that youth is going to be fascinating. All right, so check that stuff out. As I uh, said before, VikingsWire.com. Tyler does a fantastic job, and every once in a while, you can find a Zolgad column at which controversy reigns. What we are going to do today, gentlemen, is this: we are going to go through the NFC North 
And uh, we are going to do a buy or sell on two pieces for each team. We're going to do a buy or sell on the team, and then in particular on the quarterback. Okay? So, Tyler, we'll start with you, Declan, and then me. We will run through all of the teams in the division in alphabetical order, so there will be no... There will be no favoritism given at all to any team, but we will start with the Chicago Bears. Caesars puts their win total at seven and a half and Justin Fields. And by the way, just to be clear, you can buy the team and sell the quarterback or vice versa. So don't feel obligated to buy or sell both. But uh, Tyler, starting with you, the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields buy or sell on both of those entities. I think seven and a half is a really good win total. And we really crap on the bears. And quite frankly, they kind of deserve it because of how poorly things have gone three and 14 last year. Remember Adam rank, I think had him winning like 11 games in the <laughs> NFC North. Yeah. But that's not going to happen this year as the winning 12. I still think we're a year away from them potentially getting to that milestone, but don't be surprised if they go on a little bit of a run. They have that last play schedule, which honestly is only, that three games, but those three games, if you win all three, that can make a really big difference on your overall season outlook. I think seven and a half is a really nice win total. Their ceiling is competing for a wild card and uh, probably their hundredth percentile outcome is competing for the division title because this division isn't very strong. It's right. got a lot of question marks. The lions are still the lions, but they're improving. The Vikings won 13 games last year and they're not going to be able to repeat that level of success. And the Packers are a team massively in flux with the departure of Aaron Rodgers. They made a lot of moves. They strengthened both the offense and defensive lines. How much so? We don't really know 100% yet. We're going to see that come to fruition. But Justin Fields is ready to take that step. And they got him weapons on the outside. DJ Moore, Tyler Scott. They got good running backs in the backfield. Roshan Johnson, the fourth rounders, one to really keep your eye on. I, I think this team is starting to ascend, but I don't think they're ready to really make that full jump yet. Okay, so are you buying both then? Both the Bears and Fields at this point? Or if you had to guess for 2023, are you selling on both? Or one I'm, or the other? I'm going to sell on the win total because I think they're going to win seven games. I don't think they're going to eclipse that. Now it's the NFL. Anything can happen. Right. I'm still full buy in Justin Fields. He has been dealt a crap sandwich since he came into the league. <laughs> he is he has dealt with a lot of frustration. He has dealt with lack of weapons, a poor offensive line, and the infrastructure around him has been completely rebuilt. That's mm -hmm. not on the fields. Fields has done what he has had to do in order to have any form of success, and that's run the football. He can throw the ball. You watch him at Ohio State, he can make some just bonkers throws. And remember, in the recruiting class that he was in, it was him and Trevor Lawrence. They were 1A and 1B. Justin Fields is still that guy. He's going to be able to thrive, especially with a guy like DJ Moore. Not the highest on him, but he's the top 20 receiver. That matters in today's game. So you can stretch the field. He's going to have a better running game. And Fields is going to continue to show strides as a passer. And that's going to make a massive difference. I'm still all in on Fields. Okay. I am selling the Chicago Bears. Um, I know Poles has a plan here. And, and look, I it's weird enough. I'm buying into Ryan Poles' plan, but I'm still selling the Bears stock. Does that make sense? Like I, I still I want to see what Ryan Poles can do here, but I just don't think 
they're ready to make a, a big enough step yet. Uh, so I'm se- I'm selling the Bears. I just even though they'll probably make somewhat improvements after having the worst defense in the NFL last year, um, I'm going to sell them because I I, just, I don't truly know yet. Justin Fields, I'm going to buy. Um, I'm going to buy Justin Fields here. And look, we're getting closer to having more dynamic dual threat type quarterbacks. He can obviously do a lot of things with his legs. Uh, but if he can take a step forward as a passer, kind of like Jalen Hurts did uh, when he was in year three in the NFL, you know, can Justin Fields kind of replicate that type of success? I think he's athletic enough. I think he has most of the right tools to do so. So I'm going to sell the Bears, but I will buy Justin Fields. I'm going to buy both. And here's why. So as far as the Bears go, according to um, the, the very smart people at Sharp Football Analysis, the Chicago Bears have the sixth easiest schedule in the league. And my thing about this league is, you know, the rebuilding philosophy that we think about in sports, right? Oh, it might take a few years. It used to be five years. Now I think it's more down to three in most sports. But in football, there's always a few teams that absolutely shock you both ways. There's a, a few teams that are surprisingly good, and then there's a few teams that are surprisingly horsefully. I'm going to say, because, I, Forno, you touched on this, and I agree. The uncertainty in this division, I think, opens a door for the, the Bears. So if the over-under total on wins or the win total is 7.5, and, and you have a schedule that's pretty weak, and you have a team that appears to be pretty... I shouldn't say pretty well run that appears to be on the right track to being well run. I think that there's a chance that you exceed that. And on fields, the, the incredible thing is, so he finished 32nd in the league last year among quarterbacks in completion percentage at 60.4. But as you said, Tyler, he definitely can throw the ball. His receivers last year weren't good. They're going to be much improved. And then most importantly, he also led quarterbacks in the league last year with 1,143 yards rushing and eight rushing touchdowns. So provided he stays healthy, he is a dual threat. So I'm actually going to buy the Bears as what I think could potentially be a surprise team uh, among the few that almost always surface for 2023, which leads us now in alphabetical order again to the Detroit Lions. Caesars puts their win total at 9 and a half they have according to sharp football the 11th easiest schedule um and of course they have jared goff at quarterback and a lot of people are buying for the first time in a long time lion stock what say you tyler fornis i'm buying i've been buying lion stock since dan campbell's name the head coach he there's sometimes you have a head coach that goes into a town goes to an organization and the fit just makes sense dan campbell in detroit Super blue collar town, hard nosed, gritty. That just epitomizes what Dan Campbell is. And he's not just those things. He was a freak athlete coming out of Texas A&M. He was a perfect 10 relative athletic score as a tight end coming out of Texas A&M at the time. That's a pretty impressive feat. He understands how to play the game. He understands the work that needs to be done. He understands things from a coaching aspect since he worked not only under Sean Payton for a long time, but he was the Dolphins interim coach. And I believe his record was like eight and three. He understands all these different elements. He has players, former players that are now coaches. They understand the grind. So there's a different kind of relationship that you can have when you were an NFL player, because you understand so many of those intricacies and 
how he's built this team, how he's really had them fighting and playing hard in every single game. There have been some really rough ones. There was a blowout uh, of the, the Eagles just destroyed him. I think it was two years ago, but the year after the year of the Matthew Stafford trade, they went to LA and had the Rams on the ropes until like three minutes left. And it looked like they were going to win that football game that he has these guys playing hard, playing smart. And now they're seeing this influx of talent as a result of that trade of Matthew Stafford. Look, we can make fun of them for taking a running back at 12 and an inside linebacker in 18 in the year 2023. The reality is these guys are going to play. They're going to start for the lions and they're going to make big contributions for a team that had the worst statistical defense last year and was this close to making the playoffs. They have a brilliant offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. They have talent. Jared Goff is comfortable with that team in that system. And Ben Johnson trusts him. And you're seeing a lot come out of that. I'm buying the Lions. I wouldn't be shocked if they won as many as 12 or 13 games this year. I think they're going to win 10 or 11 and likely win the division. So I'm going to do the same thing I did with the Bears. I'm selling the Lions. Um, I think when there's just high expectations with, even though he's a gutsy, and to Forno's point, I think Dan Campbell does work in Detroit, doesn't work in other areas of, of the NFL football teams. But I just think there's still too many warts here. I love Ben Johnson. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. He took that Lions team, and he's made Jared Goff kind of come back into that Super Bowl form in those early days in the Rams form of Sean McVay. Uh, that has worked really well. So I, I'm selling the Lions. I don't believe they'll eclipse nine and a half wins I like Jared Goff with Ben Johnson I think you're going to see Johnson as an NFL football coach by this time next year so I'm going to sell the Lions but I will buy Jared Goff stock I'm going to do the exact same and here's why it's just it's it's a bias that I can't get past you guys I have watched the Lions be propped up at times before I have seen this and look this might be to Tyler's point completely different but until I see the Detroit Lions actually do it, I can't buy them. I just can't. Now, Goff, through 29 touchdown passes, he's gotten a bad rap, um, probably too much so. Like, he is a very competent quarterback. He's not a star, probably, but he's he's good. Um, so I agree on buying Goff stock. But you know what scares me, just as, as a start? And football, to me probably more so than most sports, is full of omens, right? Like things happen in training camp, and you're like, oh, that's not good. Or things happen when you are dealt the task of opening against the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs with that defense on a Thursday night. Um, boy. And I, I also can't get past the fact, so here, here's a here's a very small piece of, of bias that I can't get past. It's probably not fair, but I just can't. In the game at U.S. Bank Stadium last year that the Lions lost to the Vikings, did Dan Campbell go for it like four or five times on fourth down? Like he just had, I mean, that was cojones. And then when push came to shove, he attempted a field goal, and they missed, and the Vikings won. And that like sent off bells and whistles to me. Now perhaps Campbell learned from that, but I'm sorry, Tyler, I just can't. I can't do it until I actually see it. Um, I, I have been scarred by a, a team that for the majority of my 53 years on this planet have just, whenever there's any expectations, really, really struggled. So I'm buying off. I'm with Declan. I'm selling the Lions, but I will fully admit, Tyler, you might be right, and that might not be fair of me. 
Let's you, go to the Green uh, Bay Pack. You're, you're muted for now. Oh. Hold on. All right, go good ahead. old Odie. Good old Odie. Oh, oh I've no. done that before. Don't look, look, that's a regular Judd thing. Do not apologize. Oh, I, I can't I'm... tell you the amount of times. In fact, I thought I just ran through that entire thing that I the entire thing I, I said, and I thought Tex was gonna say Judd, you're on mute. So no, don't feel no, bad. No, I, I won't apologize for anything. That's not who I am, but I'll I'll say this. This is a completely different style of organization. This is being run differently than the Matt Millens of the world, the Matt Patricia's. And because of that style change and that they have the full support of ownership in doing so, year three was always the year. And we kind of talked about it with Mike Zimmer. 2015 was not the year. It felt like it could be the year because of how things played out. And if that Blair Walsh field goal ends up hitting, then maybe we're having a completely different conversation. But I always felt like 2016 was the year to really make that leap. And injuries ended up preventing it. But it feels like the same for these Lions. 2023 is the year for the leap. And I think that they're going to make it. And as a Vikings fan, it stinks. But it's also reality. And we can't can't live in a fantasy land here. I think the Lions are legit. They're going to prove it this year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. Caesars put their uh, win total at seven and a half. Of course, Jordan Love taking over for Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. Uh, in his first three years, he has played in 10 games. He has made one start. Now, here's the interesting thing about the Packers. The Packers do have the 14th easiest schedule. So sort of going towards mid-pack, no pun intended. But the Green Bay Packers, seven and a half wins, a new quarterback, for the first time since, uh, what, 2007 to eight, when we transitioned from Favre to Rodgers. Tyler, mm-hmm. your thoughts, buying or selling the Packers, and I guess mo- probably most importantly, in this case, Jordan Love as well. I'm really torn on this, and a lot of it has to do with head coach Matt LaFleur. He got praised a lot, and he still gets praised a lot, and there are a lot in the analytics community that think he's massively underrated, and I understand that. Aaron Rodgers gets a lot of the credit because the quarterback always does, especially when you are a first ballot hall of famer like he is. 
But at the end of the day, Matt LaFleur came in and installed that Kyle Shanahan style offense. And it really helped elevate them. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams still did their little thing where they, they just decided to audible every other play and they just make it happen. You know, there's an element that works there. But at the end of the day, Matt LaFleur installing that offense and calling such a smart game and utilizing shot plays in the same way that Shanahan does, I think really revolutionized things for that team. The first three years, they went 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 13 and 4. Yep. And last year, they had a, a bunch of bumps in the road for a lot of different reasons, um, mainly because their wide receivers just were not ready to go right away. They started to develop as the year went on, but those struggles early really hindered them from being able to make any kind of run. And once they figured it out, they what won like six straight. Like this team has talent. It has a talent at premium positions. Mm -hmm. The big thing is, is Matt LaFleur really that guy? And can he elevate a player like Jordan love who even at, at Utah state massively inconsistent, but every raw tool in the book that there were kind of, you can kind of drop parallels, not a comparison, but parallels to Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes was in a poor system for translation. He had all this all world talent made a, a lot of turnover worthy plays, but you just knew that there was something there. And Andy Reed was able to grow him and make him into potentially the greatest football player of all time. I don't think Jordan loves on that level, but when you look at the inconsistencies, what he was asked to do, what he was doing at Utah state. And then now coming into the NFL, he worked behind Aaron Rodgers for three years. He's with Matt LaFleur. Maybe you can see a growth that you didn't necessarily see coming out of college that could turn him into a really good quarterback. I am blatantly on the fence with Jordan love and I am, I'm going to sell the green Bay Packers as far as their win total. I think they're going to win six or seven games. It's going to be a learning curve. Same way Aaron Rodgers had in 2008, that team went six and 10 future. They have guys at premium positions. They're going to have some cap flexibility after this year, and they're going to be able to make moves. They have two really young wide receivers in Christian Watson, Romeo dubs. This team has talent, but I don't think that they're, they're going to be able to make the playoffs this year just because there's a lot of moving parts and we're going to see the real Matt LaFleur. Uh, I'm buying the Packers. I do think they can win over seven and a half games. I, I still think the team around them is pretty good. Um, I like Matt LaFleur. Uh, we'll see, I guess, how really good of a coach he is without Aaron Rodgers. I thought last year you kind of saw Aaron Rodgers drop off a little bit. He still wasn't a below-average quarterback by any means, but he clearly had fallen off from Tier 1 into that Tier 2, Tier 3 range. Um, I'm selling Jordan Love. Uh, maybe I'm just selling it because of the unknown, but I, just, I don't think there's anything there. I really don't. Um, I think they're probably going to be looking at drafting a quarterback. The worst-case scenario as a Vikings fan I think is actually the Packers only winning, which I don't think they're <laughs> capable of doing this, one or two games, getting the number one overall pick, getting Caleb Williams and having their next decade quarterback for 30 years. That's actually the worst possible scenario. Uh, but I still think they're good enough to win about seven to eight games as they're currently constructed. Uh, but I think this is a one-year stopgap with Jordan Love. He might be fine enough in Matt LaFleur's system to be propped up a bit, but I'm selling Jordan Love and I'm buying Green Bay Packers stock. I'm selling both for now. And I say that for now because I, I do agree with Tyler. I think that this team skill position-wise, I, I mean, I think Christian Watson's a good player. I, I think he's going to be an effective receiver for a, a long time. We're sort of scarred by, or I shouldn't say scarred, we, we rejoiced, obviously, 
I think it was the first play from scrimmage uh, this past season at U.S. Bank Stadium when he beat Patrick Peterson by a country mile. Aaron Rodgers threw a perfect deep ball, and it went right through Christian's hands. But he came on, to Tyler's point, as the Packers improved, he improved as well. So, But I'm selling them both for now because I think it's going to be a tough year. I think they'll probably win five or six games. The LaFleur thing, I have no idea. Like, I do think that he's a smart guy. Um, I do think that in some ways he's going to embrace the ability to call plays and probably not be questioned as much. Uh, but I could see this being a tough year. And to Declan's point, I, I mean, the worst case is that they do win like four games and get a high draft pick and uh, are able to snag a quarterback. But that being said, the Jordan Love thing, much like when Rodgers got the job too, guys, I just think there's so many question marks here. And, and look, I covered when Rodgers made his first start, I think it was on a Monday night, if I'm not mistaken, in 2008 against the Vikings at Lambeau. If you remember, that guy was running all the time. Like, that was nowhere near the polished product that we began to see as time progressed. Uh, But with Jordan Love, I just don't know. And my inclination is this. If they've hit again on a quarterback and it's three consecutive QBs, more power to them, but my God, is that tough. Like, Favre they traded for. Ron Wolf definitely knew in, in his mind that Favre was special. Rodgers they deconstructed and reconstructed. And I guess the same question is now has Jordan love behind the scenes been, is he sort of a Frankenstein, right? Like, has he been taken into the lab and, and have they done things with him? Uh, But right now, at least as we go into 2023, I'm selling on both subject to clearly change because I probably would have said the same in 2008 and um, eventually selling on both would have been wrong. All right, gentlemen, we get to them. The Minnesota Vikings, Caesars, uh, says they will, their win total, eight and a half. Um, The uh, Sharp Football Analysis says they have the eighth most difficult schedule, I think they're 25, eighth most difficult schedule in the National Football League in 2023. Tyler, the Minnesota Vikings, your thoughts? Look, this is a very difficult team to project forward because the variables you remember the scene in Goodwill hunting where they have that giant math problem on the chalkboard and then they come back the next morning and find that it's been solved and ends up being the janitor, Matt Damon, the tremendous scene. But that problem is kind of what the Minnesota Vikings are. There's so many variables that you need to solve for in order to truly find the answer. What, what's this offense going to look like? Are we going to see growth on the interior? Is Brian O'Neill going to be able to come back? How is this running back by committee approach with Alexander Madison leading the charge going to do? 12 personnel. Are we going to be seeing a lot more of that like we believe? How is Jordan Addison going to come along? And then on the defensive side of the football, this defensive line rotation has a lot of talent. Nobody uh, like in like the top 30 of defensive linemen across the league. And then linebacker, massive question mark in Brian Asamoah. Jordan Hicks was a liability at times last year. And then you not we haven't even gotten a cornerback when you have three draft picks, four if you count Jay Ward. You have a Byron Murphy Jr. who's played well but has been injured. Joan Williams, who is a massive wild card, missed all of last season with a shoulder injury. And then safety. What's Lewis Seen gonna do? Like, how are they gonna utilize this group? How are they gonna maximize all the talent on this defense? I trust Brian Flores a lot more than I trusted at Donatel. 
But there's just so many question marks. And when you ask this question, you have to be able to kind of look at them. And I kind of take the the aggregate, like kind of look at the average. And you're going to expect at least like two or three of those to go above average, two or three of those to be below average. And that's kind of what you're looking at. And you're hoping that the below average ones are going to be at less premium positions that will impact the game less than others. Cornerbacks being bad are going to impact the game a lot more than the running backs being bad. And looking at all this, I think I'm going to buy the Vikings, but I'm placing them at nine wins. I don't think they're going to get too much higher than that. If they do, it's because we saw massive growth and Brian Flores was this incredible difference maker on the defensive side of the football. He makes his defense average and the offense shows any form of growth. This team could win 11 or 12 games. They also have a very difficult schedule. You have to play the entire AFC West. You also play the Eagles and the Bengals on the road. You get San Francisco at home, but it's Monday night football and primetime games have never been nice to this Minnesota Vikings team. And I'm, I'm not even blaming Kirk Cousins. It's a Vikings thing. It's not a Kirk thing. And looking at all those things, I think nine or 10 wins is probably what we're going to see. The absolute worst case scenario is like seven, just because there is too much talent on this team. But the variables are, are a huge part of this evaluation. And there's so many questions that we can't answer. But as far as Kirk Cousins, I'm buying. He had his best year as a Viking last year. And I think finally having year two in a system with Kevin O'Connell, I think it's going to show massive dividends. I just don't know if everything else around him with those question marks are going to be enough when you combine it as a full picture. Well, it's interesting when you say the buy or sell, because I know Judd's saying the buy or sell from the win total that's projected for this year, because I, I would buy that, right? Like, I, I would buy that they should be able to hit over their, their projected win total for 2023. But are we selling from them coming down from a big season where they won 13 games? Yes. I mean, I don't think they'll win 13 games again. But is their perception going to be better as a 10-win team versus a 13-win flawed team? Um, to answer the question, I would I would still buy Viking stock here. Uh, I think they're still going to be able to eclipse their win total. I don't believe they're a 13-win team, uh, but can Brian Flores basically scheme up the defense enough where it's an improvement? And essentially, can you run back the offense with the same amount of success? I think that's a um, a big guarantee, not a guarantee, but a misconception to make that you can just, hey, run back that offense and be uh, assume that it's going to have the same amount of points scored that they did last year, but it should be. like right. It, it absolutely should. I think we're only going to see one or two good more years of Kirk. Um, I've been on the record on that too. I know he was propped up last year and made some bigger throws and more unKirk Cousins like throws. But as you get older, I mean, Father Time catches up for you, and the the whole idea that well, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers and Brady and Breeze playing in the late thirties. That, in my opinion, is an anomaly. I, I don't think that's the necessarily the new norm. So I think Father Time catches up with Kirk here. I think there's still a good season left for sure. Uh, but I would buy Viking stock. I'd buy Kirk stock, but man, I would be selling at the moment the season ends in 2023. I think the Vikings, and I don't uh, just say this because the three of us cover this team on a weekly basis. I think the Vikings are one of the more interesting stories in this league. And here's why. They are not like, like 13 wins. I agree at the end of of the day. And, you know, just to be clear, they get credit for 13 wins. Like no one's going to come and take away the 13 wins and be like, it's really nine for 2022, you guys. But I think what's so intriguing about this team, and by the way, I'm buying stock, but I'm with Tyler. Like, I think it's nine wins. 
Like, I think they're between eight and nine wins. And just for the sake of this exercise, I'll go to nine wins. And Kirk Cousins in year two with with KOC, I'm not nearly as fixated on his personal stats as I am the production of wins and what he can do to win games. But here's where I think the Vikings, guys, become a really intriguing team. So most people will say, and they're not wrong, well, there is no way on God's green earth that Kirk Cousins is going to orchestrate eight fourth-quarter comebacks again, which is what he did last season. And I will give that Mm -hmm. to you and say you're exactly right. But I will also say this. If your defense is improved, which I think this defense is going to be improved. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but I think it's going to be improved. Um, If your defense is improved, what if you never have to come back eight times? Because if you think about the flaws of this team in Kevin O'Connell's first year, one, he hired the wrong DC. He would admit that, I'm sure, privately. Ed Donatel was a bust. Ed Ed sold KOC on a piece of gorgeous land that didn't exist, okay? But the other thing is, for what Kevin O'Connell wanted to do calling plays and as an offensive guy, this team, offensively, you guys, disappeared for far too long, like way too long. Opening drive, good. And then, at times, we'll see in the fourth quarter. Like, give me a break on that one, right? But consistency offensively, and competence defensively mean that you're not going to have to be this great fourth quarter team in 2023. And every metric says that won't be possible again. But that's where I find this team to be so intriguing is like, let's, instead of saying they're not going to get lucky, let's just say we all acknowledge that, but they're going to have far more consistency offensively. And they're not going to be a train wreck hemorrhaging, you know, huge play after huge play defensively. And so I'm buying both sides here, but I just think the Vikings are such an intriguing case study of teams to talk about because of the fact that there's a lot of ways to look at this. I think the one thing that we can all agree on, as Tyler said, is this roster has too much talent, in my opinion, to just be absolutely bad. And the fact that they're going younger means you're not going to to have the old problem of oh my god this team got old and now they're completely screwed because you obviously in March and through the Dalvin Cook move cleared those guys out so that's where I think that the Vikings are incredibly intriguing and and look I would not say that they have no chance to win the division again because one wide open absolutely true and two I think if they do this right I think they could be a very pleasant surprise in a very different way in 2023 than they were in 2022, Tyler. Yeah, I think you made a really good point with the multiple fourth quarter comebacks. There's no chance he does it again. And I think a lot of that has to do with the defense is going to be better. And being put in those positions is a complicated answer, right? Some of it's on the offense. They had way too many three and outs. I think the number was like, 59 last season which was one of the highest in the National Football League then you also pair it with the defense who were consistently let teams get yards and yards they were second to last in yards allowed per game in the 2022 season you kind of combine some of those things if the Vikings can get one more three and out a game on average that's going to make a massive impact in how that things are going to project forward for this team And I'm really intrigued 
how the Vikings offense will be able to respond. You're, you're going to have a lot of growth. Ed Ingram is the one player I'm going to watch more than anybody this next year. Yep. Because he played over 1,200 snaps as a rookie, struggled mightily early on, showed improvement as the season wore on. That is going to be a fascinating one because if he's good, now I'm not talking like okay-ish where he was last year. If he ends up being good, that's going to be a massive, massive win for the Minnesota Vikings. And you're going to ease pressure on Brian O'Neill. You're going to ease pressure on Garrett Bradbury. It's just going to make the whole line better. And because you're not going to be able to just attack, attack, attack that right guard spot. You're going to have to spread out your pressures and you're, and it's going to be a lot easier for them to just kind of pick stuff up. I'm very intrigued by this team. Not going to have super high expectations right now, but we'll see how things progress. We're going to have a really good synopsis of what this team is after that Kansas city chiefs game in week five, and an even better one after week seven against the Niners. Absolutely. Great stuff. We will uh, talk to you next week, sir. And uh, Declan wrap it up for us. If you'd be so kind. Yep. Hit the subscribe button for daily Vikings entertainment right here on purple daily, where you just want to see the Vikings win a super bowl before we die. Feedback Friday coming at you on Friday with a live edition right here on the purple daily YouTube page.